subtle skills, big results. Welcome to the Ninja Selling Podcast. Welcome back to the Ninja Selling Podcast. Matt and Garrett are back with you again. We're excited to be sharing time with you as always. Quick little announcements. As always, if you want to know more about Ninja Selling, please go to ninjaselling.com. If you want to be part of our awesome Facebook community, which is officially above 9,000 people, and listen to the podcast, support the podcast, join that group. That is the Ninja Selling Podcast community on Facebook. So come join us, hang out with us there, share your thoughts, ideas of like-minded people. And other than that, Matt, let's jump in. And our topic today is what if you paid yourself first? What an amazing concept, paying yourself first that Matt, because we get to deal and work with so many people out there. And I say deal, that didn't sound right, but we get to work with so many people out there in the communities. This is a concept that very few people understand is paying yourself first. And we watch a lot of people that dig themselves into some very interesting positions. So good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's funny. I think I'd be settled by now of getting my kids off to college and you know starting this new phase of life. Nope. Nope. The only consistent in life is change. Yep. It's true all the time. We talk about change a lot and it happens in personal lives too. It's not just the real estate market. It's like, oh, kids off to college. Great. This is going to be different. And we're going to have this. Oh, no. Then now there's this thing. There was supposed to be so much more time. Like that was the thing. Like the girls were going to go off to college and we're going to have all this free time on our plate and all this energy. Nothing. Not I had not one single bit left over. So that's where I'm at. I'm enjoying all aspects of it, but uh, the picture is different. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you're enjoying it because that's that's what life's all about, right? It would be not worth it if it wasn't enjoyable. So no doubt, no doubt. Pay yourself first. Paying yourself first. So I'm excited to talk about this really because this has been, this is a journey that I've been on for a long time. And in, I think I maybe have mentioned before on the podcast, but many, many years ago, I wasn't so good with personal finance. Funny for a guy who worked on Wall Street was not good with money. And, you know, it caused some challenges for us. And so reading books and doing research, how do we fix these problems and all that kind of stuff? You, you start to learn different techniques and Larry always talks about paying yourself first in the ninja installation, putting yourself on salary. Robert Kiyosaki talks about paying yourself first in, in his world-famous book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And there's a book I just read by Mike Michaelwitz, Michaelwitz called Profit First. I can't wait to start this book. Great book. He gives you the entire layout, the whole structure, how to open your bank accounts to run a system where you always have money available to you and that you are always paying yourself. Now, so Garrett, I'll just start with this too. This thought of paying yourself first is not just taking top line revenue and putting it in your bank account first. Although that is not a bad first step because you also have to get a handle on like, well, what are we spending money on and all this stuff? So when we say pay yourself first, we mean like really putting money aside for you, for the things that you want, for the savings, for all that stuff versus just moving your money to expenses and you know justifying what's like, well, I'm reinvesting my business. Oh, oh, boom, here's a write-off. I'm sure we'll talk about that too. So let's dive in. And I think why this is so important, Matt, is, is that in a business like real estate, in a business like mortgage, if you're a self-employed person listening to this, where you are going out and earning by jobs or you know projects that you're working on, 
what you don't get is you don't get a salary that's applied to you by your employer. You don't get a set paycheck every single couple weeks that you're just like, ooh, there's my paycheck. Boom, that goes in the bank. And we know, and it's predictable, and this thing always shows up this way. It's never any more for the most part, never any less for the most part. That is your salary. In the industry that we've been in, Matt, and you know, again, self-employed, and then a lot of our listeners are mortgage and real estate, this isn't set. You can have a month where you might make nothing, and you can have a month where you might make a six-figure income in one month. Like this inconsistency with this is why it's even more important to be able to figure out a plan for your business and for your finances and for your house. And Matt, this is what we almost never see. I could probably interview, think back to all the people that I've ever coached, and there's a very small amount that actually have themselves on salary. They are running from like great month to quiet month, great month, quiet month. And they're running through these levels of emotion and these levels of stress of, oh my gosh, I need to get some stuff under contract to get myself back kind of in, you know, squared away here. There's a better way. Like there's a better way that you're still going to be uberly successful at the same time, remove all this stress off the plate. And Matt, that's why I'm excited to be talking about this today because, um, very, very, very few do it. And it is the, I'm going to say, I think it is the right way to do it. I love that you mentioned Robert Kiyosaki. I love that you mentioned this other book. There's another person that you mentioned. Larry mentions it. It always comes back to the people that I know that haven't figured out or always like, you have to put yourself on salary. I'm like, let's learn from some people. Let's figure this out. And I'll even say even the people who put themselves on salary, like, oh, I'm on salary. I got my S-Corp set up and I'm doing all... By the way, anything that we talk about today, I should probably mention this like disclaimer. We are not accountants. We're not financial advisors. So talk to your accountant, your financial advisor. Don't just list us. We are money earners and spenders. That's our qualification. Money earners and spenders. We are self-employed people. And this is very, very important for people who are self-employed. But I even see people, Garrett, they got their S-Corp. They're like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm paying myself a salary. But they're doing that for tax purposes. But the cash flow is still just a mess. They're not putting money aside. Okay, they got maybe payroll taxes taken care of. Awesome. Because as a self-employed person, you pay both sides of that. That sucks. I know. But welcome to the life. So it's more than just your accounting system. So you might even have your business set up for like, okay, this is how we're running our money for tax purposes. And this is how I'm running my money for awareness of cash flow to make sure that I have money set aside so that those months that I don't have commission checks, I'm okay. Because you've seen it and I've seen it, Garrett, people who make multiple six figures, and I mean like like over half million a year in revenue still waiting for that next commission check because they need to pay off the credit card from last month. And I think this is where to begin. And it's probably the hardest part. If, if any of you are out there, you can raise your hand, no judgment. If you're running commission to commission and you feel like there are these times where you just need that commission to come in to pay that credit card bill, this is the first place we got to catch up. And it's the hardest part because we have to get ahead of ourselves in order to begin. And Matt, I find a lot of people will try to justify it of like, yeah, but I have to live a certain lifestyle to be able to do this. I have to drive a certain car to be able to do this. And you find yourself backed into a corner of like trying to keep up with the Joneses as well as trying to get ahead of this. Really, it is a fixable thing. But you do... I remember a gentleman that I worked with, Lee Eckroth, I'll mention, we haven't talked about Lee Eckroth in a long time. 
up in Corvallis, Oregon, who Lee is traveling the country right now with his wife in an RV. So Lee, I hope you're having fun out there. I remember Lee like reevaluated his whole world, sold the big house, which he had to try to keep up with everybody that he was trying to keep up with, sold the two cars that they had, which were some nice Cadillacs at the time, bought some cars for cash, moved into their rental, removed all that crazy amount of money they had going out. And it's amazing. His life got better. His business got better. He took all this fear off his plate that he was holding on to every single month of just trying to make ends meet to all of a sudden open it up to be like, I can now take all this energy, which was being put towards fear. And now I can put it towards growth and building It's same energy, just one use for good and one use for bad. And he got to move it all to good, the same energy moved to good, which again, can dramatically change your world. And again, it's a trap a lot of people, a lot of people you know fall into. I'm one of those people. This has happened. And I think the challenge here is every decision we make when it comes to money is a pretty reasonable decision. We can justify a whole lot of things. Well, I need this car because of X, Y, Z, or, you know, this is a smart purchase to make because, you know, Consumer Report says X, Y, and Z, or whatever it might be. We got to buy the big SUV because it's got the $6,000 write-off, right? Yeah. Or is it bigger than that? Like, I mean, I watched so many people make that justification of I'm going to go buy that huge truck because of the write-off I get on it. I'm like, what if you bought a Honda Accord? Like, I'm just, and think of all the money you've saved, not saying Honda Accords aren't really nice, but what if you bought a used Honda Accord and you just took the rest of that money and invested it? You just justified it with a write-off. Well, So let's talk about write-offs for a second, because I think people use that term without actually talking to their accountant about these things. Do we have to say again, Matt, that we're not professionals in finance? Oh, yeah. We are not professionals, by the way. Okay. We're going to say that multiple times through this. Multiple times. But I used to do this all the time. Oh, man, I'll put this on the, the company card and we'll write it off. This is related to business. We'll put it on the company. And these are not illegitimate business expenses. I mean, if you're a 1099 realtor, if you're meeting people doing coffees, lunches, and all the stuff that we talk about in the system, those things can be business expenses. The problem is, is we say, oh, this is a write-off. That doesn't make it free, right? You still need income to do that. I mean, at best, you're probably getting a 30% discount on that because, okay, you don't have to pay tax on those dollars. But from a cash flow perspective, it's not the right mindset to be, right? If we have the money set aside, if the budget's there, the income's already come in, the cash has been allocated for that, awesome. Yeah, this is a write-off and I have the cash on hand to pay for it right now. Awesome. We have pre-tax dollars available to us that we're going to use to pay for this write-off achieved. And I think so many of us go into the, and I used to do this all the time, which was really bad. I've learned my lesson. Oh, I'll just put it on the credit card, right? It's a business expense. I'll have a commission check coming in next month. It's great. It's free. It doesn't take any money out of your account. Right. Like it's going to go on this bill and I will have enough money to pay that bill. And then that turned in. And if I don't, I'll figure out a way to move this money around so I don't have to pay interest on it. Anyway, you guys are getting a little insight into my life. So I'd say when you start looking at these write-offs, right, really be aware of like, what does this mean for my cash flow? And, and I think that's the biggest shift that I had to make. And I'm still making in a lot of areas, like even with managing, you know, what we buy for kids and stuff is how do I look at this from a cash flow perspective? Because at the end of the day, 
that's what you're going to want to see in the bank is cash. And, and well, whether it's in the bank or in other things, it's a whole nother. Did I mention we're not financial advisors? We're not financial advisors. If you have that cash there, you're going to feel more secure, right? And so I understand the rationale and how we make these decisions, but ultimately just know that any decision we make, it's most likely not rational. It's reasonable. And we need to acknowledge that and say, well, okay, well, what do I really want to see? And then try to make the long-term decision versus the short-term one with things like, quote unquote, write-offs. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, you mentioned credit cards too. And again, we're not financial advisors, but as we're looking at this, like I watch people that look at their credit cards, business credit cards, like a loan source. Like this is where I can take a loan out on my business. I can buy stuff for my business on this. Really the appropriate way that I have been taught to do it. And again, this is just my teaching of what I've learned is that if you want to get a business loan, you can do it at a a lot lower rate than what your credit card sits at. And you can have that business loan that you can use and your credit card. And again, this is what I've been taught and what I've learned. And I did not know this my whole life is if you're going to put money on your credit card, it is there for absolute crazy emergencies when you're stuck somewhere and you need money to fix whatever situation you've got yourself into, or you need to be able to pay off whatever you're putting on that darn thing every single month. And that I know for me was a game changer, which was now having a credit card that that balances at zero every single month. And if I couldn't bring it to zero, you didn't use it. It wasn't even available until we could get it back down to zero. And then it was like, okay, now we have that thing to use. And again, we play the points game. We do all kinds of stuff. I put crazy amounts on my credit card every single month, but only allowable because... The money is already set aside to pay it, right? Like, you look at that and it's like, okay, if you're going to put a big purchase on your credit card, is the money in the bank to pay to pay the credit card right then? Don't wait for the bill to come around. There's no penalty for prepaying. You still get the points. Just pay it then. That's going to make yourself feel a lot better. And this is where you start to really then be in a position to pay yourself first. And in fact, in the book, Profit First, they never mention credit cards. I was reading the book. I'm like, when do we get to the credit card part? And finally got to the end of the book. He's like, oh, by the way, no credit cards. Like, oh, well, I guess that makes total sense. Because if you're running your business on cash flow, you really only need cash. And so this is where you start to, okay, you set up different systems to say, I'm going to allocate a certain amount of money to operating expenses. This is how much. So you can start now, go back. How much did it cost you to run your business the past several years? Take an average of that deduct some of the stuff that maybe you did with your accountant for tax purposes. And like, there's your real expense of running your business. Now take a percentage of every commission check and just set it aside. And it starts to accumulate and it's there. And now when you're actually spending money and that that annual bill for your CRM comes due that you forgot about, the money's there to pay it versus, oh, I forgot that that happens this month, right? Or, oh, that's right. Automobile insurance is due this month. All of these hits that we don't pay attention to, now all of a sudden the money's there to pay for it, which is a beautiful thing. And that's like that's where I start on like kind of my pay yourself first journey is making sure I have money set aside to pay for the expenses to run my life, right? And baseline stuff. Like as we did a, an episode years ago, Garrett, keep your baseline low. Larry talks about that. This isn't baseline like, oh, to make sure I can pay for my mansion, my Bentley and all that stuff. Now, if you're already at that level, fantastic. Awesome. Kudos to you. We'll be there soon too. It's going to be amazing. We can swap stories over Bentleys someday. We'll race each other, Matt. That's what we'll do. But I think like you're talking about like like baseline, like this is an interesting thing also of like 
Very few of us sit down and analyze what truly our baseline is that we spend money on every single day. I had to sit down with my kids and say, okay, now we don't have Starbucks. We have Dutch Brothers here in town that we live by. And it's a coffee shop, if none of you know what Dutch Brothers is. But it's an interesting thing because all of a sudden starting to figure out, okay, that's a $4 drink. That's a $4 drink. That's a $4 drink. By the way, we all went to Dutch Brothers today at separate times. I went and got coffee. Well, I didn't get coffee. I got my tea. My daughters went and got a coffee. My other daughter got a coffee. Sarah went and got a coffee and took my son. And it's like, okay, we're $20 into this thing in one day. And guess what? Because we are just like programmed into our world, we're going to go again tomorrow. Do the whole thing again. It's like, okay, that adds up extremely fast. But even things like the whoop strap, Matt got me all into the whoop strap around my wrist, which I'm not even wearing it right now, but I'm paying the monthly fee for, even though it's not here. Those are the things also that you start to put all these little fees into it, the car washes we get, all the the little convenience stuff that we pay for, and you start to add it up. And then you put it all on a credit card, Matt. And this was the big eye-opener for me where I was like, that thing's got to be paid off every single month. We started to collect, like many Americans, started to collect a pretty good balance on a credit card years back. And I sat down and I was looking at the amount that our monthly payment was that we were paying on it. And I realized that we were literally paying... It was a stupid amount. I don't even want to say it. All interest. I'm like, we're not even paying the down what we purchased here. We're just throwing money at this interest payment right now. And we're making no progress in actually reducing this bill at the moment. And that for me was like, this is the dumbest position that we could possibly put ourselves into when it comes to money. How many times have you and anybody listening, you scan your credit card bill, like there must be some big purchase in here. There's got, I'm going to look for the big number and we'll eliminate that. And you're just looking for you know, the three-figure purchases. Oh, is there a four-figure purchase in here? And it's never there. And you're like, well, how did this get there? There's another great book I'm going to mention by a gentleman named Ramit Sethi, and it's called I Will Teach You to Be Rich. There's an updated version from a couple of years ago. Great book. He talks about conscious spending, right? And so he's like, you know, if you're going to spend your money on coffee, like, is it something that brings you joy? It's like, yes, if you eliminate $4 a day and you put that into the bank and you save $4 a day, you know, the theory of compounding says, great. But the theory of human activities, you're going to do something else with that $4 anyway. So at least spend it on something you really enjoy and be conscious of how you spend your money versus how most of our world us included spends money, which is unconsciously. Oh, that's just our that's just our cable bill. That's just our TV bill. That's just the Netflix bill. That's just the, you know, name your streaming service plus bill. That's just the cell phone bill. Oh, I need the thousand dollar iPhone. It's like, whoa, hold on here, right? Be conscious about what your spending is really doing for you and what it's bringing for you, so that you can spend your money wisely so you're not wasting it, so to speak, quote unquote. That was the one thing I learned from his book, which I think relates right to your story there about the coffee, Garrett. It'll catch you off guard. You don't even realize how much, especially when you have a family, when you have a family of like somewhat functioning adults, I'm not talking about, I am talking about myself, but somewhat functioning adults with like these kids roaming around the world here. Darn it, it adds up fast. It's like, wait, what did, what did you guys buy today? Like, what? Like, where were you? You bought coffee for how many people? It's like, well, it was just on the credit card. Ah, stop. Like, <laughs> like wh- why do I see a $30 charge at Dutch Brothers? Well, so-and-so didn't have money. Oh, gosh, please don't do this. It was a nice thing to do. I just like, picked up that. Pr- like, okay, yes, it was nice, but uh, hold on here. <laughs> 
Yeah. Bringing this back, though, to this idea of pay yourself first, we're not financial advisors, by the way. We don't have any special training in this, just to say that one more time. But to bring this back online up here is, is that we're trying to say, okay, look at all this money that we spend on a day-to-day basis. It's really good to analyze and understand. Second thing is, is that do I have the money set aside that I'm not hoping for that next check to come in? What I actually have is an account that the money is building up in that I can take and pull from a set amount every single month. And you are living within your means of that world. And I have found people that can set those boundaries up for themselves. The world just becomes a better place for them. Like it's all of a sudden you have a means to live with them. We don't have this like, yeah, there's another $40,000 check or $15,000 check coming around the corner that's going to make this all okay. It's no, the money's in the account. That means when you get a $100,000 paycheck or a $40,000 paycheck, you just put it into the account that's going to hold that money. And then you pull out your set amount that's going to be like, this is what we live on. Just like a salary. It's incredible. As Larry always says, like the simplest form is deposit your commission into a savings account and then deduct the same money every month. That's your salary into your checking account. And that's what you have to spend. The rest gets saved. And this is where we really get into the paying yourself first, because now you get to also then start to set aside money for profit from your business and you set aside money for taxes. So it's like if you just set aside, let's say $100 every month or 5% of every commission or 1% of every commission check into just like, that's my profit account. Nothing is ever touching that. That is my, my money. That's my war chest money. This is where we get into interesting psychology. Another great book Larry Kendall shared with us, The Psychology of Money. A lot of good books in this episode. A lot of times it's hard for us to save and set money aside unless we have a goal for it. So if you want to buy a house or a car, like we become very good at setting aside money for those things. But just for any reason, just for that rainy day, it's tough for our brains to figure that out. This is why developing a system that automatically does it. Now, here's the key. You cannot raid that money to pay your taxes and your expenses. I mean, unless you really need it to pay your taxes because we don't want anybody going to jail. Again, we're not financial advisors or accountants. But if you're having trouble paying your expenses and your taxes and you're digging into your profit account, then there's something else wrong that needs to be fixed. Don't rob yourself. And this is the whole concept of paying yourself first. Stop robbing yourself to pay all these other things that go elsewhere, fix that so that you can keep your own money. That's the whole goal with this. And, and that for me, like I was like, oh yeah, I want to keep my own money. So I actually opened an account. This is what I did. And we now actually have two of these, which is great because I never see this money. And just deposit money away into this other bank. And now if I want that money, it's going to take me three or four days to get it. They talk about in profit first, don't even have an account that has access to online banking. So you physically have to go to the bank to withdraw the money. It's amazing because like that money doesn't exist to me. So all of a sudden, lifestyle and spending conforms to the money that I can see. And it's amazing what happens when you do that. So pay yourself and put that money far away. I learned it from Tammy Spaulding, and she's one of the agents that one of the original ninjas at the group. She had an account. If I and I might butcher this, Tammy. So if you're listening, just just the concept is there. I believe it was in Nebraska is where she said she had the account, but it was again not in Fort Collins, Colorado. It was in a completely different city, no online banking, couldn't get to it. And she says, I just deposit money into that account, get that thing all set up. 
And she said, it's really difficult to pull the money out. Like I have to physically go there. It's not just like come in, walk in, grab the cash. Like it's process that I need to go through if I want to pull it all out. And I learned that from her. And that has transformed. I have another friend that has that same setup. And when that account gets to a certain amount, and it's a pretty big number, he likes having $100,000 in this one account. And anytime it gets over 100000 everything that's scraped off the top goes off to his special account that he has that it kind of gets hidden into. Everything underneath it causes him stress because that's his kind of baseline of like, I got to get that thing built back up to where it needs to be. But he goes, also, I can cause that drive in my life by making sure that top is scraped off and it goes off into a separate account that I can't touch. It's amazing how fast money will start to build up. If you want to do a simple experiment with yourself, and I've been doing this for the last couple of months, which is the scraping off the top, ones and fives. At the end of the day, my, it's funny, I was joking going like, we definitely are growing up in our life because my dad used to do this with nickels and quarters and pennies. At the end of the day, he'd empty them into this big change jar. And at the end of the four months in, we would take the change jar, we'd empty it out, we'd do all the math on it. He'd be like, look, if you want to count it all, you can have it. And there's like $400 in that, that change jar at any given time. It's a huge jar. I love that jar. Made lots of things, fun things happen in my life that I got to go purchase and buy without me having to pull money from my other areas, which again, there's a lesson in this for all of you. I've been doing it with ones and fives. So if I get done with the end of the day, and if I have a one or a five in my pocket, it just gets dumped into a drawer. And it's just this drawer that I have in my office. It's really crazy how fast that money is just starting to add up. I did have a moment, Matt, that I was thinking I might be turning into a hoarder around money. And then I had a story that came into my mind around my grandmother that used to hide large amounts of cash underneath mattresses and things like that. And I had this moment of like, am I turning into that? Like, am I crossing this line here? What commercials are those? The Prudential? Are they Prudential commercials or whatever? Like you're turning in your parents and they have the guy like, anyway. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. I'm like, am I doing that? I don't know. But it is crazy. Like I sat down and just counted it. I haven't even thinking about it. I've just been walking at the end of the day and just throwing in the drawer and closing the drawer up. That little drawer is a really fun drawer right now because it's like, huh, like that added up quickly. That's money that may have been spent on an extra, extra tea or coffee at Dutch Brothers, right? I would have easily had auto or, you know, if my girls were still here, walk up and be like, hey, can I have some cash? I'm going out with some friends. And I would just pull out a five and be like, here, here's 10. Like, go run with it. And now that it's not even in my pocket, I can't do it. It's in the drawer. It's a weird thing to scrape the money off the top and put it in some accounts. And it is crazy. So whether it's a drawer or whether it's a bank that's across in another state or whatever that might look like, you will experience growth in your... And look at it this way, right? You know, think about it from a comfortability aspect, right? Most people, I mean, these are the stats that come out of these books that you read, like don't have enough money saved up to help them get through the next month, right? Next three months. Like, how would you feel if you had enough money where if you didn't have a commission check come in for three months, six months, or a year, that you're like, I'm all right. I got some money somewhere that's going to help take care of me. Because in all likelihood, you probably won't go through a period that's like that. But if you have the money saved up, man, you're going to feel so good. And so you just start small, socking that money away. And then when it gets to that cap, you're like, all right, I have my six months. Maybe that's your limit. Like I just want six months of operating expenses stored somewhere. Then every extra thing that goes over in that, you just then that moves now to your profit account, which is, you know, you can't touch that. And then you feel better versus, oh, well, I could take this money and go buy something. And 
I have these thoughts all the time. I'm looking at different things that I can spend money on. I'm like, Ooh, that could be spending money on. And then like, I always stop short of like, well, but you know, it makes me feel good to have a certain amount over here. And that's a big part of what they talk about in profit first, which I really, really highly recommend everybody reads that book because as a real estate agent, if you can run your business based on that system of cash flow, man, it's going to make your life so good. And you know what? If you're struggling, and I've done this with with different things, like I got depends on how credit cards are being used, but like if you're struggling with that, like just eliminate the credit card and just use the debit card or just use straight cash because that's money you have now versus money you don't have that you're going to have to pay for later. And that's the whole point of the profit first system is like you are always setting aside money. So you always have money to spend. I just want to add in real quick, Matt, like it's interesting paying with cash too, because when you have to pay with cash, actually counting out the bills, actually having to see that money leave your wallet, psychologically, it is a way different thing than just sliding a credit card through or waving your chip over a over a scanner and being like, oh, taking all my groceries and leaving. Like when you have to physically count it out, it changes the game of how you buy stuff. You know, if you had to go buy a car, and I'm just saying this for fun, and I when I sold cars, we actually had somebody do this, but what if you had to walk in with fifty thousand dollars in actual cash and hand over stacks of cash? You know, we look at everything on the monthly payment. Oh, but if I buy this car, it's a three hundred dollar payment or a four hundred dollar payment or a five hundred dollar payment, which takes you quite up in scale, by the way. And it's like, oh, it's only $200 a month from 300 to 500. And you could get a lot nicer car with that. We do that with buying houses right now. Okay, totally. I get it. We won't go down that path. But imagine going and buying your house with that same briefcase full of money, right? Okay, this is what we got to shell out for that. A tool that that I want to mention here too that could be helpful that has been helpful for me is called uh, YNAB. You need a budget, YNAB.com. Great money management tool. It's all designed for allocating the money before you spend it. I mean, it'll track your spending. You hook up your credit cards and everything. And it's you have to actually go in and do it, which is not like mint.com, which I used for a long time just to which was great. I got to watch all the money that I spent when I used mint. I was like, oh, cool. I'm totally aware of how I'm spending my money. And I'm still spending it. <laughs> Whereas like the one thing with YNAB, what it did is like it makes you allocate your income as it comes in to these categories. And it will tell you not just are you over budget, but like you don't have the money now to cover this because you have allocated all this and you are living outside your means. Yeah. Yeah. It like literally shows it. It should just turn your screen red. Anytime you pick up your phone and your screen's red, it's like, uh oh, actually, that is a Great idea if you think about it, right? Like you have an app called like spending or something, right? And you open it up and it'll just tell you whether you there's cash there or not just by the color of the the app. Just changes your entire background just of your phone to bright red. It's like, uh oh, I got off track just thinking about app development. Sorry, that was me. Sorry. I guess my point in that was saying, find the tools that help you be aware of this. Because once you bring awareness, then you can start setting money aside and then you don't even see that money go you know, anymore because it's just there. Man, you start to feel so good. And now you're paying yourself first. Now you're doing the things that are going to compound for you in an amazing way versus continuing to live with this stress. Because I lived with it for many years and man... It was awful living that way. For anybody listening to Matt, I think it's important that if you've gotten yourself kind of into a hole, this isn't like a, oh, we're going to fix this tomorrow by just paying ourselves first. 
Nope. Because when you get that big paycheck that comes in, your instance is to go like, okay, we're going to use all of it and reduce all these expenses and whatnot. And what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to not use it all just to pay down all the expenses. You have to start to get yourself into that habit of, okay, we need to allocate enough. You still got to put some money aside. Yeah. And it, you got to put money aside and you got to work your way down and it's going to take you a while to work your way down on all this stuff. But um, there will be a point that you can get yourself to a place of, okay, I got my salary that comes in, paycheck goes this way. For some reason, I don't have a paycheck that comes in for a month, maybe two months. It's okay. I'm still going to get my salary. And then boom, we're going to fill the coffers when those checks come in and we're living in, in our means. And again, that's what Matt and I wanted to talk about today. We wanted to kind of see if we can help kind of have some different financial awareness from two guys that are not licensed and have no financial background professionally other than being earners and spenders. That is literally my background and read some books. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so on on the books, I'll just run through them again. So Profit First by Mike Michael Witz. I will teach you to be rich by Ramit Sethi. The psychology of money. I don't have that one in front of me, so I forget the author. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki. Cashflow Quadrants is also a good one there. Oh, and Ninja Selling by Larry Kendall. There's a little bit about there in uh, putting yourself on salary. So if you want a simple book that that got me down this path, kind of opened my eyes up to it, is The Richest Man in Babylon. Great book too. Great book. I would say the amount of savings in that is too conservative of setting money aside for yourself, but a great, simple, easy read that'll kind of open your mind up to what if. So for those of you who are hoping to get like a masterclass or instructions, I apologize that you didn't get that exactly. The whole goal of this was to open your eyes because again, we're not financial advisors. We're not accountants. But these are some really great resources that you can look to right now. And you can start this whole journey right now. Go open a savings account at another bank and just put a dollar in there. Put $5 in there. Put $50, $100 and just repeat that every month. And all of a sudden, several years from now, if you go back, if you've been struggling, I I did this myself. I went back. I'm like, how many years did I like carry all that stuff and have to deal with all that? And then I'm like, okay, looking forward, if I you know, put money aside this way, that same number of years, man, it's going to look a lot different on the other side. So some quick, easy ways to get started. Anything else, Garrett? No, I'm good. I think we, and again, I think what you said is important is that we don't have the backgrounds to be able to say, do this. But I, exactly what you said, Matt, I wanted to bring some awareness of paying attention to it and knowing that there's different ways you can be running this and some resources to go use because we see it. It is an issue that we watch in our world around us, people that we work with that we're like, wow, this should be getting under control at this point. When if it's not getting under control with the amount of money you're making, there's some fundamentals that need to be implemented. No doubt. So, well, thank you everybody for tuning in. We appreciate you so much. For those of you that are still here with us, I assume that you enjoyed this episode. If you're looking for more information about ninja selling, like attending an installation where you can then get all the skills to then also increase that top line, because that's a huge thing too. If you can start making more money, that can help solve a lot of problems too. Still don't raise the expenses along with the income. But head over to ninjaselling.com, click on the calendar, look for an open installation. November 7th here in Charleston, Garrett and I and several coaches are going to be here for an installation. We're going to have a happy hour. We're going to do a live audience podcast. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be so fun. So if you're looking for an installation, come to the one in Charleston if there's still seats available. Oh, join our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash the Ninja Selling Podcast. There it is. 
Appreciate you guys. Garrett, thank you, man. Appreciate you. Thank you as always. I always enjoy it. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like more, visit us at the ninjasellingpodcast.com. There you will also find links for more information about ninja selling and coaching. Have an incredible day.